Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Thanks for joining me today, and happy February. Of course, you all know that Valentine's Day is coming up, and for that, I am hosting a giveaway. I'm giving away a $100 date night for Valentine's Day to one lucky couple in this community. So to enter, I'm asking that you post a photo of you and your spouse on Instagram or Facebook or both with one thing you've learned from the Brave Marriage podcast in the caption. So potentially you could gather multiple entries by posting on Facebook, Instagram, your stories, and if your spouse posts too, that can double your entries as well. So just be sure to tag at Brave Marriage Podcast in your photos to be entered to win and use the hashtag Brave Marriage so that the Brave Marriage community can see. I've been trying to think of ways to connect you guys because I'm connected to some of you individually, and I thought that this would be a super fun way for you all to hear from and encourage each other. Now, if you're just joining us, we are currently doing a series on what every couple needs to know about marital change. And last week, we talked about our self-protective tendencies, the ones that each of us implement when our bids for connection fail and when we don't know what else to do. And I gave you two categories for these self-protective tendencies, the pursuer category and the withdrawer category. To remind you of those again, pursuers tend to use protest or manipulation, while withdrawers tend to use avoidance, minimization, and denial. And each of us turns to one of those tendencies when we feel unsafe emotionally. I mentioned last episode that my go-to tendency is to minimize my needs, while my husband Evan's tendency is to deny his altogether, meaning that when our marriage isn't functioning properly, both of us tend to withdraw. Therefore, we co-create a withdrawal-withdrawal pattern in our marriage. And in the first few months when we got married, this dynamic played out in all of our conflicts before we knew that there was another way to interact. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on, but first, it's important that you identify your go-to tendencies as I asked you to do in the last episode. Because when you put these self-protective tendencies together, you also co-create a certain dynamic or pattern in your marriage. These patterns I'm referring to are known as conflict patterns, and there are three basic ones, pursue-pursue, withdrawal-withdrawal, and pursue-withdrawal. So, where we're headed the rest of this episode is helping you understand how you and your spouse co-create your own dynamic or pattern which influences the way you both engage in conflict and the way you respond and react to each other over the smallest things. So you know how one minute you're happy and getting along and the next you're angry or upset or biting each other's heads off? Well, having an understanding of your conflict pattern will help you begin to see what's actually happening there that you may not be aware of. And this is important because If you find yourself having the same fights or patterns of disconnection over and over again, it could be that you're focusing on the wrong thing when you're upset with each other. What I mean is, when you're looking at change from a systems perspective, it's important to focus on the pattern, not the problem. 
Or in the words of Sue Johnson in her book Hold Me Tight, change starts with seeing the pattern, with focusing on the game rather than the ball. But before we dive in any further, this episode is brought to you by my free research-based relationship quiz. Have you ever wanted a professional insider's look at your relationship? Well, I've created a short quiz that lets you in on the state of your relationship based on four different components of marital health. After taking the quiz, you'll receive an immediate score, plus a description of your score will be sent straight to your inbox, followed by one action step, next steps to take, and a prayer for your marriage. To get in on that free resource, just visit bravemarriage.com quiz. Again, that's bravemarriage.com quiz. Okay, conflict patterns. In the first group are couples who engage in a pursue-pursue pattern. Pursuers are more likely than withdrawers to feel comfortable with confrontation. Usually more assertive, pursuers would rather fight it out or get everything out there than to have anything left unsaid. And these can be helpful traits in your marriage when you know how to use these tendencies in healthy ways. But where pursuers go wrong is in trying to control their external world while neglecting their internal world. What I mean is, Pursuers can fall into a trap of calling out their spouse's faults in a blaming and accusatory way, all the while failing to take responsibility for themselves or their contribution to the situation. So couples who get entrenched in unhealthy pursue-pursue patterns are often very accusatory, saying things like, you always do this, or you never do that, or this is all your fault. And they pass the blame back and forth rather than actually ever solving their problem. In the second group are couples who engage in a withdrawal-withdrawal pattern. Withdrawers are more likely than pursuers to go inside themselves for protection when they feel threatened. Whereas pursuers tend to fight when they get defensive, withdrawers tend to shut down. Their rationale for this is not wanting to make things worse and to keep the peace, but in an effort to control their inner world, they forsake the relationship right in front of them. And this is tricky because on the surface, it looks like the couple doesn't have any issues or problems, but over time, they may begin to realize they'd simply hidden how they felt rather than not feeling anything at all about the situation. And by the time the things come out, usually way past the incident, withdrawers don't always know how to talk about things, and so they devolve into a freeze-and-flee pattern, whereby neither spouse is trying any longer in the relationship. And in the third group are couples who engage in a pursue-withdrawal pattern. Now, this is where it gets fun, and I'm using fun as a euphemism for wanting to pull your hair out. (laughs) Now, because each spouse has an entirely different way of self-protecting in conflict, or when they feel disconnected, the pursuer's tactics shut down the withdrawer, and the withdrawer's tactics provoke the pursuer. So the more one pursues, the more the other withdraws, and the more that person withdraws, the more the other pursues. Can you identify your pattern based on these descriptions? If you're newly married, you may not be able to see your pattern as clearly yet, but if you've been married for some time, and you start to look for the way you and your spouse dance around each other, you'll likely see a pattern emerge. And here's the thing. The pattern, 
no matter how healthy or unhealthy, becomes our set norm. See, we each contribute to this dance, this pattern of interaction that quickly establishes the quality and depth of our intimacy and relating. And that was true of mine and Evan's marriage in the first few months before we knew how to go about things differently. You know, in the beginning, we would have told you that our marriage was fine, and it was. It's just that we didn't know what we didn't know. But please hear me. Fine is a terrible standard to keep in your marriage. Because you know what fine leads to? Not fine. I promise you, unless you're actively working on your marriage and working to make things better, fine slides into frustrated, which slides further and further into disconnection. But like so many couples, the experience was, we were fine one minute and then frustrated or annoyed or irritated with each other the next. And both of us kind of wondered what was up, like why, if we love each other, are we acting like elementary schoolers? Wondering if you've maybe ever had that thought? But what most couples do with this is quickly dismiss it. They make themselves feel better about their ups and downs because everyone around them says it's fine and it's normal too. But again, what I want you to hear me say, especially if you're in your first few months of marriage, is that while it may be fine or normal in your circles, it's in no way a healthy dynamic. These pursue-pursue, withdraw-withdraw, pursue-withdraw patterns may feel innocent enough at first, but they can lead to real trouble over time. Why? Because what we start off doing becomes our norm. And so not only are we reinforcing unhealthy interactions, but our brains begin to map out neural pathways that reinforce these unhealthy interactions, creating our own self-fulfilling prophecies that tell us we were right to react this way because, just as I thought, my spouse could care less about me. And because we don't know how to do anything different, we keep practicing the same terrible choreography over and over. And to us, this dance becomes comfortable. It's just the way we get along, right? We develop muscle memory around this dance. So much so that our response time to each other is so insanely fast that we actually can begin to anticipate the next move of our partner. If you've been married for more than a few years, I guarantee you'd say that you could write the script of what happens next when you two are at odds with each other. Am I right? Because, at this point, you know your dance by heart. When mine and Evan's marital system wasn't functioning properly, we engaged in a withdraw-withdraw pattern in conflict. And it served to protect our hearts and our egos pretty well, but it didn't serve our marriage relationship. In fact, it created disconnection. And even now, when we choose emotional laziness or relational immaturity, even though we know what's right, this withdrawal-withdrawal pattern comes to the surface because it's what we return to in unhealth. And just so we're clear, I'm more guilty of this than Evan is. (laughs) But the same is true of you and your marriage. Whether you're a pursue-pursue couple, a withdraw-withdraw couple, or a pursue-withdraw couple. So again, because no one has ever taught us differently, here's what a lot of couples do. They find a minimum viable quality of relationship with each other. They discover what's required of each of them to stay married and mild to moderately happy. 
Why? Because it's tolerable. Because it's tiring to keep fighting for a healthier, more satisfying relationship. And mostly because we don't know what else to do. Or even that something better is possible. But it is. And that something better is so much better than staying stuck in unhealthy patterns. These patterns of pursuing and withdrawing, all they lead to is frustration, disconnection, and mistrust, just to name a few. But healthy patterns of relating and interacting lead to connection and understanding and intimacy and trust. So here's your action step today, friends. Talk with your spouse. Decide whether you're a pursue-pursue, withdraw-withdrawal, or pursue-withdrawal kind of couple. Then, think about a conflict you've had in the past, preferably one you've resolved, and walk yourselves through the dance you've choreographed without either of you even realizing it. So that would look something like this, sitting down with your partner and saying, okay, I see a withdraw-withdraw pattern here in our marriage. For example, when I mentioned the budget in a passive-aggressive kind of way, you got defensive and pointed the finger back at me, then I felt misunderstood and blamed, so I shut down and left the room. You didn't come after me, so we never worked it out. Instead, we just acted like it never happened. Okay, so does that make sense? You're just kind of mapping out what happens in your conflicts, and what you'll begin to see is, oh, this pattern seems to emerge throughout most of our conflicts. I know this is a courageous action step, but if you two can come together to label your dance and put words to the steps each of you tend to take, then you'll be ready next week to begin taking the fun action steps, the ones that help you make the changes you need to make. So starting next week, solutions, I promise, and I hope you're ready. In the meantime, if you find yourself having trouble with this part of marital change, like if you're too close to be able to see what's happening, or if you feel too defensive or emotionally protective to go it alone, I'm always available for marriage therapy in Lexington, Kentucky, or for phone consultations if you live out of state, just to help you get started and connect with someone who can help. And I'm really excited to bring you a new offering this year, so be sure to stick around, follow me on Instagram at Brave Marriage Podcast, and be sure to stay tuned for that. And my prayer for your marriage this week is that you would look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of your spouse, and that you guys would humble yourselves and give each other grace as you begin to make change together. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle. Love is not a bond. Love is just as fragile. 